to the Super Speedway. Welcome to episode 291 of the Super Speedway podcast, recorded Tuesday, August 15th, 2023. I'm your host, Eric Young, and I am joined not by James Cush tonight. Uh, as mentioned last week, James is off this week, and instead of getting a special guest, I decided just to do this on my own, so you just get me tonight. Um, likely will be a quicker podcast than normal, because I don't have anybody to bounce ideas off of. Um, so far, this is a terrible idea. I, I talk, talk to myself plenty uh, during the day, but uh, this is a little weird, talking to myself here, but I guess I'm talking to all of you, all three or four of you that listen to the podcast, so... Um, anyway, uh, big week of racing this week to talk about lots that went down at Indianapolis and potentially our last time on the Indy road course, um, probably most likely the last time for the cup series, who knows about the other series. I've heard some rumors, um, heard some rumors. I, I guess we'll leave it at that, uh, that we might not see the Xfinity cars on the, uh, on the road course or maybe even the oval. So uh, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that more as news potentially breaks down the road when we get schedules, uh, for the upcoming seasons, but let's talk about Indianapolis right now, the Verizon 200 at the Brickyard and the, the playoff race has been shaken up once again, as Michael McDowell gets himself a win and moves in to the playoffs officially, uh, with his victory, making it very interesting at the cut line, uh, Definitely a dominating win for Michael McDowell. Uh, certainly was not a surprise if you watched practice uh, earlier in the weekend. It was pretty obvious that he was going to be a car to beat, and uh, and he lived up to it in the race, dominating this race um, for the most part, leading 54 laps out of 82 uh, to get, get himself the win, his second career win. And I guess if you're going to win at a, a, a track, a uh, cool place, or if you're going to keep that streak alive, he's got a Daytona 500 win. And now a win at Indianapolis. So very cool for Michael McDowell. Um, first in stage one, second in stage two, and uh, and 54 laps led to get himself his second victory. And uh, let's see, 453 Cup Series starts, um, and certainly an underdog victory uh, for Front Row Motorsports. I think I think you can call it an, under, an underdog victory. Um, you know that team's always an underdog, but are I mean it's a road course. We're kind of expecting it. We're expecting McDowell to do well. Uh, he often does at, uh, road courses. So this isn't a super big surprise, but I guess it's a second win uh, in his career. So, um, anytime that happens, it's, it's certainly an underdog victory. So, uh, good on Michael McDowell getting that done again, that locks him into the playoffs now and, uh, and leaves pretty much Bubba Wallace worried right now. Bubba's plus 28 lost a significant number of points in this race. Um, despite the fact he didn't really do anything wrong. Um, he, he had a decent day. Um, let's see, where did Bubba end up? He was 18th, which is not terrible for somebody who hates road courses. Uh, but still only 28 play, uh, points to the good. And, uh, and pretty much the only guy who could fall out on points at this point. Uh, Brad Keselowski is 143 points to the good. Kevin Harvick's 145 points to the good. So we're not really expecting them to fall out on points. However, we have two races left. And uh, we have Watkins Glen this weekend with the road course once again. Uh, Chase Elliott ran really well in this race, gets himself a second-place finish. 
um, led once in this race, third and a fifth in the two stages, and arguably going into his best track uh, in Watkins Glen. So certainly an opportunity there. He's 80 points out, probably not going to get in on points. But if he gets a win, he moves that cut line up, and now Bubba Wallace falls out, and now you start looking at Brad Keselowski and Kevin Harvick, who are solidly in on points, but one of them, if we have two new winners that are outside of that top 16, they could fall out, uh, one, whoever is behind. So that race becomes more interesting, which is only a two-point battle right now uh, between the two, and certainly it's, it, this this point system has everything up in, up in the air. Uh, heading into the the final races of the playoffs, um, I don't think you could ask for anything much better. And, I, and let's look at the guys that that have yet to win, that could win this weekend at Watkins Glen. We got Daniel Suarez, who ran excellent in this race, did everything right. Um, they had one problem in the pits, one issue in the pits, with the hose getting caught under the front wheel, and that costs him the race. You know, likely cost the race. Certainly cost him a chance to race for it. Um, so Daniel Suarez is just outside looking in. If he wins, he knocks somebody out. Uh, Ty Gibbs, really good on road courses. Um, struggled a bit here uh, at, at, at Indy, um, but still finished 12th despite having some issues. Um, and, you know, he hasn't won a race yet, but certainly could have uh, Watkins Glen on his list. We mentioned Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott has won at Watkins Glen before. He's one of the best road course racers, probably the best road course racer in NASCAR. Um, certainly could win this weekend. I think he's going to be a favorite going into Watkins Glen. Uh, I'm even kind of calling him a favorite, and I've been pretty adamant that he's not going to make the playoffs. But, man, the way he ran at Indy, and, I mean, if he had one more lap, he'd have been able to track down McDowell, and it would have been a battle for the finish. So Chase Elliott likely could have an opportunity AJ Allmendinger, um, he's out. I mean, he's got to win to get into this thing. He's 87 points out. He's not going to make it on points, um, but he's got two chances to win. And one of them is a road course this weekend and the road course ace of AJ Allmendinger. Uh, the only problem with AJ is I just don't think he's got the confidence right now. I think, uh, I think he's struggling in that department. Uh, the guy that we kind of all expected to come in and, and with six or seven road course races, be able to make the playoffs. Uh, with at least a win in one of them, and he just hasn't been able to do it. So uh, Austin Sindrick is good on great on road courses. Um, he's on the outside looking in. And then you've got guys like Todd Gilliland, Chase Briscoe, guys back there that you just never know. Um, Mike Rockenfeller's racing this weekend again. I, I doubt he's going to win, but you never know. Um, so things could get shaken up here up the front. Of course, I guess Mike Rockenfeller winning would be a good thing for some of these guys trying to uh, – trying to make it in because he wouldn't knock somebody out um, of the playoffs. But anyway, uh, very interesting going into Watkins Glen, see what happens this weekend. I think we could very likely see things shaken up with uh, with Chase Elliott. Um, like I said, one spot short, just about got it done in this race. Um, great run for him. We had only one caution in this race very early. Um, with Justin Haley getting into the tire barrier, thanks to Joey Logano, who then tried to bring out the second caution of the day uh, on the restart and uh, just had a terrible day, Joey Logano. I think Joey would, would be pretty happy to go back to the Oval in Indianapolis. Um, he has not had any luck at this road course. The first one he wrecked, um, he, he had trouble last year. He had trouble this year. Joey wants to go back to the Oval, so... Um, but yeah, that, that's it. We run green flag the rest of the way through. We got to see the uh, 
the stages play out naturally um, with no cautions at the end of the stages. And, you know, it leads a big question. Did you enjoy what we saw? Do you want to go back to stage breaks at these road courses um, to, to guarantee those cautions? And I was thinking about it. And so I was, I've been adamant since the beginning. I love, first of all, I love the stages. I think the stages are the greatest thing that NASCAR did. Um, I've never liked them at road courses because I felt like they've gotten rid of the strategy, um, you know, because everybody's working around these, these cautions. And, and I was thinking about it this week because it was a bummer not to have those cautions, but I thought, I still thought it was a good race. It was fun to watch it play out the way it did. And certainly not knowing what was going to happen. And there were, there were opportunities for cautions. Um, Todd Gillen wrecked, uh, that was certainly an opportunity for a caution. AJ Allmendinger ran through the gravel. Uh, we had plenty of spins. Um, NASCAR could have thrown a caution if they really wanted to. They did not. Um, but I, I was thinking about it, and it's kind of like, I don't know that the issue on road courses or the stages in general is the fact that we throw a caution. It's when the cautions are. So the stages, NASCAR has changed this up over the years, but the stages have kind of been historically been in the first half of the race. So we run the first two stages in the first half, and then the last half is kind of its own stage. And what all, what it almost does is it takes all the strategy away from the beginning of the first half of the race. It kind of makes us, it gives us those heat races we used to have in the Xfinity series, except they're part of the race, and the whole field is involved in them now. So you you basically get through the first half of the race, and then the last half of the race is the actual race. That's where you can get the strategy. That's when you can, you know, you have green flag pit stops and that sort of thing. You don't see it as much in the early stages. NASCAR has broken it up a little bit by stretching out some of those first stages. I almost would love to see them try it. Just let's split the race into three into thirds and just each stage is the same length. I know we do it at Charlotte with the 600 with four stages. Um, and that race has a different feel, I think because of that. So I don't know. Um, it's hard to say. I, I, I kind of, you know, what I would like to see, my ideal solution would be to have some sort of guaranteed caution flag so we break the race up and we get to bunch the field back up, but only have them if they're needed. And I, I guess what it comes down to is it's almost like, and I'm not suggesting that we do this, it's almost like the caution clock in the truck series because when they had the caution clock, you knew that after a certain point, a caution was going to come out. So I went to Berlin raceway last weekend uh, or last week for the, uh, the um, battle at Berlin, which was a 250 lap race. And basically the way they work it is after, if there's once there's 50 laps of green flag, they throw a caution, a competition caution. Um, and depending on when the actual cautions fall, then that changes when the competition call the cautions would fall. So you don't, the competition caution isn't guaranteed at lap 50. If there's a caution at lap 25, then that can be your, they can, it'll be an open pit road. You can pit and the next caution will be 50 laps after that. So they're not guaranteed to happen at a certain time, just after a certain number of laps. Problem is, is that no matter what you do, people are going to plan strategy around that when they know the caution's coming. So you can't do it that way. I mean, the only solution I think would be to like choose when the cautions are going to be before the race and don't tell anybody. And, but it's just, there's just, there's just no solution pretty much what we've got works. Um, I do really like still that we aren't doing stages, uh, stage breaks in on the road courses. And I really would like to see them try it on a super speedway and see what happens without 
stage breaks. Um, I don't think it's necessary on mile and a half and short tracks. I think what we've got works there. Um, I wouldn't be against trying it. Um, but super speedways, they're still going to race hard at the end of the stage, just like they do now. You're probably going to get a caution anyway. Um, but it won't screw the strategy up and it won't get these guys pitting two laps before or whatever, like we do now. So I would like to try it at super speedways and see what happens. There's no indication that's going to happen. Um, but there's certainly talk, so you never know. Um, but that's, that's my thought on that. But I, I was happy to see it play out the way it did on the road course this weekend. I didn't think it was a bad race as a result. Um, certainly we could have used some cautions at Sonoma, uh, but this one, this one was still a good race without, without the cautions. So I'm um, going to see it play out the way it did. Uh, lastly, I wanted to talk about Shane Van Gisbergen. Of course, we had a big contingent of, um, foreign race car drivers that raced this weekend, almost all of which Ricky Stenhouse tried to wreck during this race. Um, but Shane Van Gisbergen, uh, doesn't win. He doesn't get a second win and a second start, but still finishes top 10 on a track that these drivers are pretty familiar with um, and a track that's certainly much more the style of the cup series. So that that's a pretty impressive finish. I think it's going to get overlooked because Shane, so many people had such high expectations after what he did in Chicago, but a 10th place finish, a top 10 finish on a road course. These guys are familiar with is a huge accomplishment. Um, so good on Shane for backing up that Chicago win and showing that he can, he can do it, man, that he's uh He's at least got a place on the road courses here. Um, we'll see because um, it's really looking like we're going to see more of him next year. So um, a lot more of him by the sounds of things. So maybe not full-time in the Cup Series, but certainly full-time in NASCAR at some capacity. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, Brody Kostecki finishes 22nd in the 33 car. Uh, Mike Rockenfeller, 24th. Um, Jensen Button, 28th. Uh Kamui Kobayashi. Hey, I said his name right. That's amazing. Uh, 33rd for him. Uh, he was around a couple times in this race. Uh, who am I missing? Uh, I'm missing somebody. I said Rockenfeller. Uh, Button. I don't know. Did I? I feel like I missed somebody, but I can't find them on the list. So, um, but, uh, but definitely an interesting race. Seeing those guys in there, seeing them compete. I know there were really high expectations for Kobayashi. Um, after a test he had earlier this season, but you know, man, when you, when you get out there with these guys, it's a whole different deal. Um, especially when Ricky Stenhouse is on the track. Um, so you can't, uh, can't guarantee you're going to run well and run up front. Um, not everybody is going to do what Shane Van Gisbergen did. That's for sure. And, and get a win in their first start or get a win period, or even a top 10 racing with these guys. So, um, Alex Bowman gets a fifth place finish. Chase Briscoe, who's been kind of out to lunch all season, gets a sixth place finish. Got to be happy to be on a road course for him. Um, good run for him. Martin Truex Jr., our road course king lately, uh, finishes seventh. Um, Kyle Larson has a decent day, finishing eighth, uh, coming off of a win at the uh, Knoxville Nationals. So, um, I mean, he's up late that night and comes back and still finishes top ten here. That's pretty amazing. Uh, I mentioned Ty Gibbs was able to rally back to a twelfth place finish. Chris Buescher just missed his top 10 streak with an 11th place finish in this one. Uh, he's had a top 10 streak going on the road courses. I think he was at eight races or seven races on the road courses with top 10 or top 10 finishes. So uh, bummer for him. Uh, Ross Chastain continues to be out to lunch uh, 17th place finish uh, at a track. I expected him to do well on. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much Justin Haley, like I said, we gets, gets knocked off the track by uh 
by Joey Logano um, finishes 38th about flips over. Um, that was a, that corner is a pretty incredible corner. Get some pretty decent wrecks there. Um, so Haley finished 38th. Eric Almarola was last uh, 39th. Uh, Todd Gillen, I mentioned him getting in the accident 37th for him and Kyle Busch um, had, uh, had uh, motor issues during this one. Uh, 36th place finisher Kyle Busch. He had pretty high expectations. I think they were expecting a lot of him. Uh, this weekend as well. So bummer for him uh, with that finish. So uh, with that, we leave the Indianapolis road course in the rear view mirror, potentially forever. Um, let's see, uh, just to run this down here real quick. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. Still your points leader in the cup series, 60 points uh, over Denny Hamlin. Ty Gibbs was your highest finishing rookie at Indianapolis with a 12th place finish. Uh, again, second win in 453 Cup Series starts for Michael McDowell, who is locked in for 2024 with Front Row Motorsports, along with Todd Gilliland, uh, both of who will continue there with Front Row next season. So good way to back that up with a win and uh, and locking himself into the playoffs uh, for Michael McDowell. So uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series was in action, part of the NASCAR slash IndyCar doubleheader um, the day before at uh at indianapolis and uh ty gibbs gets himself the win here was really expecting more out of him on sunday after all the momentum coming off of this win uh 28 laps led uh in this one aj allmendinger leads 21 the other guy who was uh pretty much a contender sam mayer another strong strong road course run for him gets a second place finish uh in the one car um and austin hill who just continues to sneak in everywhere it, do, it doesn't matter. He's, he gets himself a fourth place finish, and Justin Allgaier finally gets a top five here. Um, another decent race, uh, interesting race here. Not really a whole lot to say about it. Um, not really anything to say about it, to be honest. But uh, but good to see Ty Gibbs get himself into victory lane finally. Uh, I believe it was his seventh race of the Xfinity Series season, and first time he gets the win this year um, after some issues. So um, with his other starts. Uh, it is his 12th victory in 58 NASCAR Xfinity Series races. Uh, Parker Retzloff, once again, your highest finishing rookie in this one. This, he was 17th. Uh, and Austin Hill, still your points leader, 11 points over John Hunter Nemechek now. Um, they were tied last week after Michigan, so Austin Hill gains himself 11 points and moves back into that regular season points lead for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. The uh, Craftsman Truck Series kicked off its playoffs with the T-Sport 200 at Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park on Friday night. And Ty Majeski put a whooping on him, man. 179 laps led of 200 at Indianapolis Raceway Park. Just an absolute stomping. Only three guys led in this race. Ty Majeski, Corey Heim led 18 laps, and Christian Eckes led three. That's it. Um, both stages won by Ty Majeski. Uh, these guys got to watch out for this kid because he is, first of all, he's great on short tracks, um, but he's a threat, man. He's going to be a threat for this championship. He had a good chance at it last year. Um, definitely the best way to start the playoffs off is to get a win. Um, so good on him for doing that. And uh, definitely a statement win. Um, I will say that this, uh, this track is just, it is so truck series. I mean, this, I'm so glad that we're back here with the truck series. Um, if you were to pick a track that you think that you could say represents the, the, uh, craftsman truck series, I would point to Indianapolis raceway park. 
Um, great short track, lots of lines. You run from the apron of the track up to the wall. Plenty of contact, but you can have a clean race there. Um, great intimate crowd. I've never personally been to the track, but it, it's certainly one that's on my list that I would love to go to and uh, and check out. Um, just terrific race here, um, and I'm glad that we're back with the with the truck series and. Again, I mentioned there's there's rumors, uh, but there were rumors before that the Xfinity Series may go back here. Um, I would love to see it. It would be absolutely great to see it. But we'll find out uh, probably in a couple months when the uh, when the schedule is announced. Um, I wanted to shout out Lane Riggs uh, in the seven car finishes third in this race, uh, just his third race of 2023. Um, he has an average finish of 19.3 this season, but third place finish for him. And he was strong all day. Certainly a threat. Um, great run for him. Uh, Lane Riggs got some truck series starts uh, this year and last year and uh, regular in the cars, uh, late model stock tour um, over the years. So that's where, that's where he comes from. So um, good to see him have a, <clears throat> excuse me, have a nice run. Uh, Carson Hosevar with a strong run finishes fourth. Um, Zane Smith, top five finish. I think a lot of people are picking Zane as a, as a good shot at the championship this year. So, um, overall, like I said, great race at, uh, in Indianapolis raceway park for these guys. Um, and a lot of fun, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen made his first oval NASCAR start, uh, 19th place finish here. Um, again, you know, this is a pretty, pretty good run for somebody who's, uh, who's not used to doing this for one. And then two, I mean, this, this series is pretty brutal. I mean, ask Haley Deegan what the series is like when you're in the middle of the track. Haley was involved in a wreck in this one and, and finished poorly. Um, and they, they beat on you back there in those, in those 15th to 30th spots where Shane Van Gisbergen ran a lot of the day and he was able to survive for a 19th, 19th place finish. So, um, that's, uh, that's a good accomplishment for him. So looking forward to seeing Shane ne next year. Um, they are finalizing, um, a deal with track house. We'll just talk about it now. It's in our news section coming up, but, uh, we'll hit it right now. They are finalizing a deal to bring him to NASCAR full-time next season. A lot of questions up in the air as to what that'll mean. Uh, I think it will likely mean some, uh, road course starts in the cup series, most likely maybe all of the road course races, depending on how many we run next year. Um, but the question is what, what will he do the rest of the time? I don't think it's likely that they're going to spend the money to put him in and an oval car uh, in the cup series. I think that would be a mistake, um, especially because I mean, Brad Keselowski said last weekend uh, at Michigan that there's, there are no charters to be bought. Like he would, they would be interested in a charter at, at Roush Fenway Keselowski. Uh, we know 2311 is interested in the charter. Um, Dale jr. Has expressed interest in moving to the cup series and getting a charter. And there's just nothing for sale right now. Um, so if they were to run a full-time car in the cup series next year for Shane Van Gisbergen, it would have to be an open car more than likely. And in that case, you know, you're not guaranteed to get, make the field. Sure. We've only sent cars home at a couple of races, um, but the purse is a lot different. Um, I just financially, I don't think it would make a whole lot of sense to try and do it full time. Um, but you know, we could, they could run them in the, in the Xfinity series or the truck series full time and have them run the road courses in, uh, in the big boy series and, and see what happens there. So, um, I would imagine we'll see him full-time in cup in the next couple of years, but it'd probably be a couple of years out. Uh, that'd be the smart thing to do. I mean, if you, even if you look at Marcus Ambrose, when, when he came in, I mean, all these guys, when they've come into 
try and run a cup series regimen. They've always started in lower series. Juan Pablo Montoya did that. Um, obviously Danica, Danica Patrick did that. Um, just jumping straight to the cup series would be kind of a suicide mission in my opinion. So um, certainly, like I said, can make some, make some hay on the road courses and, and ruffle some feathers and, and shake things up, but just doesn't make any sense to do that on a full-time basis and struggle on the road, on the, on the oval tracks, learn, you know, as they go on the, on the oval tracks, make more sense to, uh, to save that and learn that in the lower series where you're going to be more competitive and then, uh, then make the jump. So, um, other news items this week, uh, Noah Gregson has asked for his release from legacy motor club. Uh, we talked about last week, the issues with Noah, um, and, and liking the, um, racist, uh, meme on social media and leading to his indefinite suspension from legacy motor club and NASCAR. Uh, it was announced this week that Noah's asked for his, um, release. So he will no longer be with legacy motor club. Um, the biggest thing I can say here, we talked about this a lot last week, James and I, and you know, I, I think, you know, Noah, Noah deserves to be punished. Um, he deserves a punishment for this. My biggest thing is, is I hope that this isn't the end of Noah's career. Um, I don't think he deserves to have his career ended for what happened. Um, I, I hope he's able to rebound, find himself a ride. I mean, it's likely it's going to be in the Xfinity series at this point or, or truck series and, and have to build himself back up to a cup series ride. But I'm hoping he's able to do that and, and still, uh, still make a run at it. Cause I mean, he's a good, he's a good kid. He's uh, he's a good driver and it's just not fair to, to have a career ended over something like this. So let's, let's hope that Noah can get himself on the right track and get what he needs to get back into the cup series down the road. Um, certainly got a great personality. Good for our series. Um, just screwed up. And, and, you know, people don't, when you screw up like this, I don't think you deserve to have your career over as a result of it. I think you deserve a second chance. Uh, we've seen others get second chances. So hopefully Noah's able to do the same. Um, only other news, uh, that I can see right now, uh, Kevin Harvick kind of let it slip in the media availability on Saturday that he's been, uh, he's been dealing with broken ribs during the summer. He fell down a flight of stairs during the off week. He said when he was in Italy, uh, with his son, Keelan, uh, according to NBC sports, um, the Nashville, Chicago weekends were affected by the broken ribs. And he said, uh, he told NBC that he was mostly healed up by Atlanta. So, um, yeah, just another, uh, another little wrinkle to the, uh, the final season of Kevin Harvick. Um, he was, I, I got to be around him during the media bullpen at, uh, at Michigan and he is, he's ready for this season to be over. He's going through the motions at this point. He's, he's meeting with the sponsors. He's doing the obligations, but, uh, He's ready for the old uh, the old race racing career to be to be done, and to move on to other things. So, um, I, I'd like to see Kevin get himself a win yet uh, and make a run here for the championship in his final season. But uh, but he's had a heck of a career and certainly nothing to look down upon if that doesn't happen. So, um, yeah, good to see he wasn't didn't good to see he didn't have to step out of the car was able to keep racing, and uh, and yeah, just uh, like I said, another obstacle he's had to deal with here. You just never know with these guys what they're what they're dealing with, um, otherwise. So, uh, that's it for news. Um, let me check Jayski really quick here. Uh, I'm recording this during the day on uh, on Tuesday, so 
Um, check and see if anything's popped up. I don't see anything here. So it looks like we are good to go with the news uh, until probably tomorrow when, uh, when more news will break, as it usually does here uh, in the NASCAR world. Uh, as we move on, uh, let's head over to SRX Corner. Uh, Tony Stewart back on top with his win at Eldora Speedway. Um, it's Tony Stewart series at Tony Stewart's track on Tony Stewart's specialty in dirt. You kind of got to expect a Tony Stewart win, right? Um, he made them all look pretty silly. Uh, again, on the dirt track, uh, ran a great race, getting himself the win. Uh, had a little less competition than normal uh, as we wrecked about half the field early in heat race number one. Uh, that was a bummer. Austin Dillon had a hose break on the radiator, dropping water on the track and tore up a bunch of race cars. Uh, Haley Deegan and I think Marco Andretti were both able to get in backup cars and continue. Um, they gave the priority to the drivers that were racing for the full season, which I think was the right move um, since they are racing for points. Um, but unfortunately that, uh, that left some other guys out and not able to continue, uh, including Austin Dillon. Um, but, uh, it was, it was interesting. Nonetheless, uh, Ron caps with a good run in this one drag racer, not, not, not expecting somebody who, uh, who goes straight for a living, uh, to do well on dirt, but he, he was fun to watch in this one. Um, but yeah, so Tony Stewart with the win. In this one, we have one race left to go uh, for the Camping World SRX Series. We head to Lucas Oil Speedway this weekend, this Thursday, actually, 9 p.m. on hopefully ESPN. I know this week they changed us around a little bit and had us start on ESPN, too, and then moved us to ESPN. ESPN is going to ESPN, so um, I guess check your listings before <laughs> before you tune in. Um, but Lucas Oil Speedway this weekend wraps up the Six-race Camping World SRX Series schedule for 2023. Um, overall, very successful season, I think. It's been really exciting. It's been a lot of fun. Um, hopefully, they get the cars fixed through Lucas Oil, and maybe we can run another race without tearing a bunch of them up. Um, or, heck, tear them up at the end. That's okay. They, they got the whole year to fix them. So, James will be back next week. We will, uh, we will celebrate this series one more time uh, as we send it off to pasture for another year and prepare for 2024 for the Camping World SRX Series. With that, we head to Watkins Glen Speedway this weekend. Uh, NASCAR Cup Series and Xfinity Series in action. ARCA Series as well on the uh, on the Watkins Glen Road Course. Um, looking at picks, let me find our picks. They were not good this week. Um, I picked Todd Gilliland, which got me one whopping point. Uh, James had AJ Allmendinger, which got him 11 points. Uh, so he still beat me by 10. Um, despite having a horrible day as well. Uh, James is currently leading me 139 points uh, right now, 700 to 561 as we head into Watkins Glen. These are our last two weeks of the regular season. Once we hit the end of the regular season and head into the playoffs, we wipe the slate clean. We will be able to pick, uh, dri pick drivers, any driver again. Uh, we'll have one pick again um, for the rest of the season. So we, the board is clean. We get to start fresh. Uh, and it'll be my chance to catch up, hopefully. Uh, with that, we head into Watkins Glen this weekend. I am taking the last guy left that I have any confidence in as a road course racer, which I think is a pretty dang good pick, and I'm going Tyler Reddick as my pick this weekend at Watkins Glen. Um, not expecting a win out of Tyler, but expecting a, hopefully a top five run and get himself get him get me some points. 
Uh, the problem is that James is going to counter that uh, with probably an even better road course choice, somebody who ran really well this weekend and almost got himself a win, uh, and somebody who needs a win. Daniel Suarez is James's pick this weekend at Watkins Glen, um, so I will likely lose points to him again. Hopefully not many. <laughs> let's, just, let's just keep it close. Uh, NASCAR Fantasy update. I was supposed to have this pulled up before the before I recorded, and I did not. And if I was a professional, I would pause the show right now, or pause the recording and find it. Uh, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to hold you guys here as I look it up because that is the type of professional I am. So uh, last weekend at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Team Justin gets the win in the fantasy league. 272 points for him. Freight Train, 295, second place, Green Eggs and Hamlin, third. Baron Speedway falls to fourth uh, overall this week. Uh, and, oh, KB Show, fifth place. Not bad. I got a fifth place finish this week. Um, James, tenth place. He forgot to make his picks, he said. So that's his excuse. I think he just did terrible. And he just had bad picks. Uh, but he claims he forgot. So uh, that's where we're at. couple... People falling off the wagon here at the end. Uh, looking at the pay points overall, Baron Speedway still leads us 4,936 points. Uh, James in second, but miles away, uh, 4,563 points. Three times champ is third. Green Eggs and Hamlin fourth. Tandem Draftona fifth. And I'm hanging in there in fifth place, trying to make a run here at the end uh, to close up with uh, 12 races to go in the regular season. Uh, with that, uh, let's see shout outs this week. I don't, yeah, I, I, I want to shout out Berlin raceway one more time. Um, they've gotten a lot of, uh, props from us over the last couple weeks. Um, but I was out there on, uh, on Wednesday night for the battle at Berlin 250. really nice crowd. Not, not to the level of the SRX crowd, but for a Wednesday night race, um, really good crowd out there. Great racing. Um, you know, and this should give me some indication going into this weekend, but Chase Elliott ran that late model race and he doesn't race late models very often. So he doesn't have, you know, he's not expected to do super well necessarily, but he was able to battle to a second place finish in this race, um, which was pretty cool to see Uh great run for him. Uh, Bubba Pollard got the win out there though, uh, which I think that's the first time I've ever seen Bubba Pollard win in person. So that was cool. Um, other drivers, William Byron was in this one. I think he faded out of the top five. Carson Hosevar was fun to watch. I listened to his radio until he was out of the race. They had a tire issue again, second race in a row at Berlin. They've had tire issues, um, with the tire going flat and that cost them. And they fell out of the race, um, late after Carson about put it in the wall. So, uh, but overall great race out at the Berlin raceway. Uh, also want to shout out Owasso Speedway. Didn't get a chance to make it out there this weekend, but they had the Hot Shoe 100 uh, modified race, more than 50 modifieds out there to race, um, and just a capacity crowd or overcapacity crowd out there. Um, that track is putting the work in, um, putting a lot of money into the place, and, and the new owners are doing great things out there, bringing a lot of people out to Owasso Speedway. It's definitely a place to be. They paved the place this year. They put up new concrete walls all the way around it. They're looking at adding safer barriers in the future. There's all kinds of plans to add to this place. Um, if you're in Michigan and looking for a good place for asphalt racing on a Saturday night, head out to Wasso Speedway. They're doing some really good things. I think it's the place to be right now. They've got good turnouts. Um, most of their classes and, and the racing's good. Uh, they had the CRA late model series out there this weekend, the CRA all-stars, uh, hoping to make it out there Saturday night. Check that out. So, 
um, good on them for doing uh, doing good things. So, uh, black flag for the week. I'm I'm throwing it to Joey Logano, man. Uh, Got to throw it at Joey, uh, <laughs> Joey and Ricky Stenhouse. Um, Joey just again got to get out of that road course in Indianapolis. That's that's all I got to say there. And uh, and Stenhouse, man, uh, I think they said on uh, oh, what the heck was it? Was it? I think it was. I think it was Denny's podcast. They said he's trying to start a world war. Um, pretty much ran into all of the, uh, just about all of the um, visiting drivers this weekend. So um, rough day for both of them, but, uh, but nothing too bad to shout out at Indianapolis. Uh, excited to see, you know, I, I wanted to say, I like the Indianapolis road course. I really do. I do think we need to go back to the oval. I think if we're going to race in Indianapolis, we should be on the oval first, but I wouldn't be against seeing them. Let's remove a Richmond date or remove a a Kansas date or one of these tracks that has two dates and put one at the road course at Indianapolis too. Um one I think the IndyCar Indianapolis or IndyCar NASCAR weekend is great. Um I don't want to see that go away and it looks like it will next year. Um but I I think the track puts on good races. I just don't think it should be chosen over the oval. I think it should be chosen in addition to the oval. And that's been my argument all along for these second dates is if you're going to have a second date, you need to have a reason to have a second date. So if you're running the same track with the same number of laps and the same time of day, then you shouldn't get a second date. Um, Daytona runs a day race and a night race, a 500 mile and a 400 miler. Perfect reason to have two dates. Bristol has the dirt race and the night race, you know, which I, I guess we're probably getting rid of the dirt race. But anyway, so there's that, um, you know, Charlotte has the Roval and the Oval. Why not run the Roval and the Oval in Indianapolis? Um, I think there's a place for it. I, I Like I said, I, I don't want to lose this track, um, but we need to be on the Oval at Indy. So it uh, looks like we will be next year. That is it. Um, like I said, shorter podcast than normal still. Almost almost 45 minutes, so not bad. Um, hopefully you guys put up with me this week uh, and enjoyed the show. If you liked what you heard, give me a shout. Um, like I said, not used to sitting here talking to myself on the radio or on the on a podcast, but uh, but wanted to do it this week, give it a shot and see how it went. Um, so appreciate if you stuck it out this far and listen. Like I said, give me a shout out. Uh, James will be back next week. We'll get back to the normal programming here on the podcast. Um Speaking of James, if you want to hit him up and give him crap for missing this week, you can hit him up on uh, threads and Twitter slash X at James Cush. You can find me at E Young DBM on threads and at T Super Speedway on Twitter. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash the super speedway. Our website is thesuperspeedway.com. You can find uh, the podcast and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Anchor. Wherever you found us today, we hope you subscribe and continue to listen for new episodes each week. And if you go to anchor.fm slash thesuperspeedway, you can leave us an audio message and we might just play it on the show. Uh, reminders, superspeedway.com, thesuperspeedway.com. There's coverage from last weekend's Michigan International Speedway weekend. Uh, there's photos from the SRX race in Berlin. So if you haven't checked those out, check those out. Um, it was a pretty cool deal and, and glad I got to have that opportunity. So with that, uh, we head to Watkins Glen Raceway this weekend. More road course racing, second to last race before the end of the playoffs. James and I will be back next week to break it all down. Until then, everybody, let's go racing. Uh-huh.